is Dory Locke, and I started my path with Size Seminars in April of 2000, and I am grateful to have the opportunity to host these calls. And it, it allows us to keep connected with the graduates and connected to the tools and techniques from the basic seminar. So welcome to this month's call where we will be discussing Giver's Gain tonight. If you, as I said, if you've joined in the past, don't forget, you can go on our Facebook page, and I'm going to refresh that right now and see if we've got some things happening. I know we've had a couple of posts there, so thank you for that. So let's begin. I am excited to explore Giver's Gain because it's a hot topic during the holiday season. And many of you did post some great questions, and I know that our facilitator for the call tonight holds this topic very near and dear to her heart. So without any further ado, let me introduce Ms. Teresa Corbett. She attended her basic in 1991 and went on to become the Pacesetter Leadership Dynamics Manager for Las Vegas. She eventually took over the Vegas office as the area director in 1997. Teresa's commitment and results are what catapulted her to the Vice President of Field Operations for all of SCI seminars. In addition, she's been working with SCI graduates for many years in their Giving Day efforts throughout the holiday season. And I would like to welcome Ms. Teresa to the call tonight. Thank you, Dory, for that you nice so introduction. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. I hope everyone is doing well this evening, and I want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy life to listen to the call tonight. Like Dory said, when I was first given the opportunity to talk about Giver's Gain, I was really like passionate about the subject, so I was excited to be the moderator and presenter of the call this evening, because when I think of Giver's Gain, I first think of seeing that in my own personal basic seminar and not quite understanding what it meant. However, Thomas Wilhite, the founder of Sci Seminars, wrote a book called Living Synergistically. And when I attended the basic seminar, I purchased that book. And I wanted to refresh my memory about the chapter called Giver's Gain, so I opened up my book, and I realized that there's two parts to this, givers gain and takers lose. So my teachings tonight are based on that chapter of the book. And in the first sentence, you are going to see in the book, if you have it, that you and you alone are totally responsible for your life. Now, I know that many of you that have attended the basic seminar and even those of you that have not attended the PSI basic seminar, you know intellectually that you're responsible for your life. However, the second sentence, it says, you are totally responsible for your peace of mind. So if you don't have peace of mind right now in your life, Thomas Wilhite suggests in his book that it is a universal law that you are not following. Givers gain, takers lose. So I know that you've heard it many times before. However, maybe it's time to just refresh our memory so that we can understand it a little better tonight. So I know that most of you have heard that you receive exactly what you put out. However, Think about this, as Thomas Wilhite talks about in the book. All the money in the world will not give you peace. No other person can give you peace. No one can solve your problems except you. Yet I want you to think about how many of us run to teachers and gurus asking them for answers. How many of you have moved to a different location or changed a relationship in search of what you call peace. Well, one of the things that Thomas Wilhite has talked about, and I have learned through this practice, that peace doesn't come from outside sources. It comes from within. It comes from within me. So I have to really and truly start to practice and understand giver's gain 
to really understand how to have peace in my life. And I know that a lot of you have also heard the saying, a person is paid in direct proportion to the service that they render mankind. So here's the idea. If you give peace and love to everyone you know and meet, then you'll receive peace and love in return. Now, I want you to also think about if you're putting out something other than that, that you will receive that in your life. So in the book Living Synergistically, Tom Wilhite says that this is the greatest law that has ever been written. Givers gain, takers lose. So maybe because it's so simple a saying that maybe that's why we overlook it or we don't take it so seriously or maybe some of us don't really understand it and yet we're always looking for more love in our life. We're always looking for more peace of mind. So I'm going to suggest, as Thomas Wilhite does in this book, that if you digest the law of becoming a giver and you make it part of your everyday life, that you will receive a lot of rewards. And for some of you, you'll be totally astounded at what comes back to you. However, what I thought was interesting when I was rereading the chapter, it's that I have to live every moment of every day in the space of giver's gain. So in other words, I have to wish success upon everyone I meet, and I must constantly be giving love. So I don't know about those of you on the call tonight. However, that's like some big shoes to fill in my mind. So what I started thinking about, and Thomas Wilhite also talks about this, is, is that sometimes we start with an attitude early on in life that if someone does something to us, we're going to actually get back at them somehow. And it's kind of a, uh, well, it's not kind of, it is an immature attitude, yet we see it displayed in children all the time, yet we also excuse it in children because they just haven't learned to be tolerant and understanding. And yet also what we learn from children is forgiveness right away. Like you might see a child become angry and they hit each other and then the next minute they're hugging each other or they're moving on to what's next. Yet as adults, sometimes we don't forgive and forget. And we have to learn, and, I, and again, I will tell each and every one of you that it is a practice that we have to learn to be tolerant of the mistakes of others and to give others the space for growth. Because one of the things I'm going to say that's great about the seminars in my opinion, is that at Sci Seminars, you're always given the opportunity to learn and grow. And one of the things that's talked about in this chapter of the book is, is that a fight does not begin until the second person strikes back. That's really interesting to me. Because how many times have I said, how many times have you said, they did this to me or the reason why this is happening and then really if I would have ignored it if I would have acted versus in a different way versus having a reactive attitude I might have got a different result and I know that some people in life give up living this givers gain philosophy because they misunderstand it they take the concept out of context, I guess would be the best way for me to put it, meaning that they think that if I put out good to you, then you're going to give me good back. Or if I put out something good, it's going to come back to me from the same source or the same person. And that's not really the way the law works at all. The law just simply guarantees that you will get exactly what you put out. However, it doesn't say that it's going to come back from the same person. So I'd like for you to think about your spouse, your boss, your friends. Sometimes we have an expectation that when we're giving that it should come right back to us. And really, the law only states that you will receive peace and love equal to what you've given. 
So I want you to think about the definition of giving. What is giving to you? Because Webster's describes giving as to make a present of. So have you ever given with the expectation of something in return? So as an example, when you give love to someone, do you expect to get something in return, i.e. love? When you give understanding to someone, do you expect them to give that understanding back to you? Or even when you simply give a gift, a present, do you expect something back? Do you expect another gift? Do you expect that that person will like you more? Maybe they'll have more respect for you. How many of us really truly give to just give? Because in the book, Living Synergistically, Tom Wilhite talks about I will if you will attitude and that so many people become disillusioned with the concept that they just give up because they have been hurt or they are angry toward others. And what they fail to realize is that all people have choices. From the basic seminar, those of you that have attended, you know that there is four distinct personality styles. Well, guess what? Not everybody thinks the same way we think, and not everybody is motivated by the same things that we are. So, therefore, they're not necessarily going to respond the way that we want them to respond. Now, what is really interesting, if you think about it, is that it really doesn't take a lot of effort to love, to get to give love to those people in our lives that are easy to love, that are easy to give to. However, that's not what the law teaches. When a person wishes ill upon another person, they're actually wishing ill upon themselves. And I know that sometimes that's hard to believe because we say we're not like this person or we're not like that person. However, in order to get peace of mind, you first have to let love and peace come into your life. So I want you to think about tonight, who is someone that you have some kind of resentment toward? Maybe they have done something to you in the past. Maybe you have really hard really bad feelings, you've really had a hard time forgiving them. So what would it be like if you were actually able to see them well, wish them success? I'm not saying that it's easy. However, I'm saying that it can be done. I remember in a seminar that I attended where Jane Wilhite, Tom Wilhite's wife, spoke about wishing others well. And she used a really great example that at the time I had a really hard time swallowing. However, with the practice of time and knowing that she has been in this philosophy and practice for many years, I just trusted that she knew what she was talking about and I went along with it. So imagine this. She's in front of a room full of women, and she's talking about wishing your past relationship well so that you can heal and move on to a new, bigger, better, greater relationship. So I thought to myself, oh, this ought to be good. And then what she talked about was picture, because in the basic seminar we talk about visualization, Picture this relationship driving the hottest, latest convertible, having the hottest, greatest girl on their, uh, in the passenger seat, and there's money flowing out, there's love and laughter. And that if you could actually wish that person well, that you could move on and things could come back to you. So what I did was I really took that practice to heart. I started to look for and find the good in my past relationships, 
whether they were love relationships, business relationships, friendship relationships that had gone awry. And so I started to get rid of all of those anger, hurt feelings, resentment. And as a result of that, I started feeling better about myself. And that really, really was a huge lesson for me. So I'm going to talk to all of you tonight about the idea that it takes real strength and a wholehearted commitment to practice giver's gain. It really does. Because many givers in life give up because they're intimidated by all the takers who sometimes are louder and so often appear stronger because they're the people who in our lives have a tendency to justify all of their actions and say that all people do it, so they attempt to persuade the rest of us to come along with them. So unless you're a truly committed giver, that's the only way that you're going to survive when you are around takers. So in the book, Living Synergistically, Tom Wilhite talks about that the rewards in life are not going to be measured by how much a person can gain by cheating or by how they hurt others. And by cheating, he was referring to like cheating on your income tax or cheating at your job, not putting in the the full amount of work. That the results come from how much can be given to assist others. So what service can you be to humanity is the question that I have for all of you tonight. How much love can you really give? How good of a friend can you be? Because the rewards that I've gained as practicing this philosophy is unbelievable. Because one of the things that I had to do was I had to stop worrying about what other people thought of me, and I had to start thinking for myself, what is it that I wanted in my life? So if I wanted to be a person that had a lot of love and respect in their life, then I had to give love and respect. And it's something that I strive to do every day. So if you want to start living your life as a giver, the first thing I'm going to suggest is that you're going to have to fall in love with yourself your life, and everyone you meet. So from this chapter in the book, what I want to do tonight is I want to talk about, so how do you actually apply this to your life? How do you live your life as a giver? Because it's great to read things in a book. However, how do you apply it? Because I know that I personally have gained so many things as a result of being a giver. And one of the things that I have truly learned is I have learned so much about having a great attitude and having an attitude of gratitude. Because one of the things that I personally do that Dory mentioned on this call is that for many years I've been involved with Giving Day. And we give to the children in our local communities. And I've also been involved in projects where we give to children internationally. And what I'm going to tell you is is that those children's natural belief is that life is really simple and that they always see the good in all people. So what I think is interesting is that in this season of giving, how can you give that you haven't given before? Because as the next person that I'm going to introduce on the call is going to talk about is, is that there's actually three ways to give. Some of us are really busy, and one way to give is of your time. Some of us are really talented, and you could give your talent. And some of us have financial resources that we could give of our treasure. So in wrapping up my lesson, I would like you to meet and, and let a friend of mine talk to you about how she's practiced giver's gain in her life, 
how she got started on her journey of practicing giver's gain because it actually started out as a challenge and how she took that challenge on and how that challenge has got her where she is today. So if we could welcome Dory to the call, my good friend and fellow giver, Tracy Talman. Excellent. Well, I would love to bring Tracy into the call. Tracy took her basic in 1995 and completed the advanced courses over the next couple of years. Having created amazing results with the tools and teachings of Psy, she decided to go to work with the company. She was a producer for Psy 7, the Life Success Course, Women's Leadership, and was part of the core facilitation staff for Women's Leadership as well. She is currently living in Texas and is the business development director for a mortgage company where she specializes in community business partnerships. I know she will be sharing with us tonight the impact the philosophy of Giver's Gain has had on her life personally and professionally, and I would love to welcome Tracy to the call tonight. Thank you, Dory. It is really good to be here, and uh, thank you, Teresa, for making the invitation. I am both honored um, and humbled um, to be asked to be able to speak on this subject, which is truly one of my absolute favorite topics, especially um, at this time of year. So Giver's Gain, um, I was introduced to as a basic, but it, it actually sounded a lot like something else to me uh, when first introduced to me, and that is very similar to the way I was raised um, just in my home with my mom, and that was like the, the, the law of tithing, which is that, you know, which is like karma, the same thing as giver's gain, what you put out will come back to you. So in the basic, I heard it, and I heard it in a new way, and then actually when I went to size 7 to the life success course is when I really kind of got it. There seems to be all these different levels, of, I, I don't know about other people, but how we interpret different things, and at different times they sink in and they have a new meaning. So as the Life Success Course, I really got not only do givers gain, but takers lose. And what I really got to understand was that, you know, I thought that I was this big giver in my life because I was. However, what I really got to see, though, is that my giving definitely had expectations on it. Um, I gave expecting something in return, whether it be a gift to somebody, um, that they were supposed to like it a certain way, very similar to what Teresa was talking about earlier in the call, um, as well as anything that I chose to give, it had an expectation or it had an agenda that was kind of attached to it. And as a result of that, that's really not, that's really not giving. And I got to see, unfortunately, with the strings that I had attached to this, that actually I was a taker. And that was just so, um, it really rocked my boat to, to be able to, you know, to look at that and go, wow, I am so not in alignment with what it is that I say that, that I want to do and who that it is that I want to be. So I really kind of took that to heart and started to look at it a little bit differently, um, especially the piece, as Teresa was talking about, that Jane worked with the one time at Women's Leadership, because I remember that lecture as well, with the idea of I, if I withhold from someone else, if I, if I don't want them to be successful, if I don't want them to have love in their life for, for some reason, the truth of the matter is I also withhold that from myself. I don't get to have it if I'm not willing to give it. So really, th there was a good year's process of, of, of playing with that, I'll call it, just because that sounds more fun than working with it, which was sometimes painful at times, to really take a look at, okay, so if this is what I want, then this is how I'm going to be. So if I do want love in my life, I have to be willing to give love. Um, if I want to have more money in my life, I need to, to give money. If I want to, um, if I really want to be able to explore a talent, then I have to use that talent, give of that talent as well. So one of the things that happened for me and where this really was life-changing was actually at a time after I had done the classes, I was living in California, and um, my husband at the time and I were going through a really difficult financial time. Uh, we had a bad piece of real estate. We had a real estate deal in, in, in Las Vegas. We were living in California that went really, really bad, as maybe some of you can relate to in, in what's happened with the market in the last couple of years. And we were really, we were really struggling um, to make ends meet. And my brother at the time called me from San Antonio, which is where I live now. My, my family is here. And he was actually um, teaching a Money Matters course at his church. So to me, givers gain, tithing, um, karma, all is, is one and the same type of thing. And at the time, Tony said to me, my brother, he said, I wanted to talk to you about tithing. And I was like, oh, my God. 
and I don't know about anybody else on the call, but whenever I would hear that, I would hear, we want your money, and like I would literally, you know, like shields would go up, close off, couldn't hear another thing that he would have to say. However, there was a way that he presented this to me that opened a doorway. And for that, I have to tell you, I will be forever grateful, forever blessed, and I count really this evening being able to talk to everyone on this call as part of his blessing because he opened that door. And what he said to me was this. He said, I know you're struggling right now, but what if tithing, giving a percentage, seed money, putting a little bit out there, what if it's really true in what it says in the Bible or what it says here in terms of living synergistically? What if there really is good on the other end of it? And what if the blessing is so much bigger than what the gift is? And I said, Tony, I really don't want to talk about it right now. And he said, well, well, what if? What if you just tried it? He said, you could always go back to it if you needed to go back to it. You can always take it back. But what if there is blessing in that? What have you got to lose? And I thought to myself at the time, you know, I really don't have a lot more else to lose because everything was going away anyhow. So what the heck, we'll give this a go. And at that point in time, I'm going to be honest with you, 10 bucks was a lot to give a week, you know, a week to the church. And we started doing that. We started, my husband at the time and I, we started doing that. And you know what? It was, life got, life started getting better. And all I can tell you is that I put trust and faith and belief behind that and just kept doing it. Because every time we would get up against it and need, you know, all of a sudden we, we need like $700 or something, the funniest thing would happen. We would get a check in the mail. I remember one time we got a check in the mail from the Acura dealer that said, oh, by the way, two years ago when you turned your car in, we still are holding on to this deposit. And the money that would arrive almost exactly the way that we need. Not necessarily what we wanted. We would have loved more at that moment in time. However, definitely what we needed. And that was an incredible blessing. So I started to play with this concept a little bit more. So it, I actually ended up moving back to uh, Las Vegas from California at the time, right after 9-11. And one of the things that Teresa talked about um, was the way of creating the re- way of creating wealth. And one of those ways is we create wealth based on the service that we render to mankind. We, we, we receive money for that, like a paycheck for the, for the services that we do. But there's another way that we create wealth, and that, wealth, that way of creating wealth is through tithing, putting seed money out there. So at the time, I was working in the hotel industry, and right after 9-11, Vegas, I mean, 30 to 40% of the people lost their jobs um, after uh, September 11th. So Paul at the time said to me, he goes, well, why don't we practice this differently? He goes, why don't I be the money-making part of this? Because he had a good job in, in the home building industry. And he said, and why don't you be the other part of this? Why don't you be the tithe part of this? Why don't you go out and do all the, you know, take your time, treasure, and talent and go out there and, and be that part right now because I, I couldn't find a job. So as we explored that jointly as a couple, our life got better and better and better. I donated my time to the church. I got involved back in the Sci Arena in Las Vegas working um, on a lot of the projects with Sci World, specifically um, the Giving Day at the holiday time and other projects throughout the year. And the blessing in terms of what came back to us, and it didn't necessarily always come back to us in terms of money. Um, however, it did come back in some very interesting ways. We were looking to build a house at the time, and it came back in forms of discounts that the company gave us um, in, in terms of some of the, uh, the discounts that we got in, in putting in amenities into the house. It was really interesting how it started to circle back. And I also remember another concept, which was um, givers gain unless they want to. And, and that piece of it really took me some time to understand that that was the part about like, okay, you've got to, you know, if you have an agenda, if you have strings attached, if you have anything that you're putting on this when you're putting it into play, it's not going to work because you've got an expectation on it. So if for me, in my experience, by trusting and having faith in that process in, in small pieces, like when my brother said, what if this could work for you, and trying that, I had a faith-based relationship that this works. I don't necessarily understand how other than I believe in the concept, I put it into play, and for, and for me, right now, that has really become an operating principle of how I do life. Now, occasionally do I fall away? Yes, and I've got to tell you, when I do, this is so good. Um, it doesn't work quite as well. And it's always, you know, as Teresa said, if you don't have the results that you want, then you're out of alignment with the universal law called giver's gain. And it will inevitably catch me and cause me to go, oh, yeah, 
I'm out of alignment right now. And when I step back in and get what I call outward focused, which I believe to practice giver's gain, you've got to be outward focused, um, then life starts working better. So how that's transitioned, um, how that's transitioned over the years, because working you know, in, in my marriage at the time to, to make that successful, uh, putting in that into practice in terms of um, I donate my time um, in, in my church to work with kids because I love working with kids. I donate my talent, um, which is I happen to sing, so that is just something that I get to do and, and an ability to use that talent. And I donate my treasure, especially at a time, um, especially at a time where it's hardest to do so. So the whole idea is whatever is hardest for you to give is the one that you definitely want to step out and do, um, just because to be able to start receiving and open open up that that circle, so to speak, or that wheel to, to have it come back to you, it's best to give, especially when it doesn't feel good to do it necessarily, but knowing that you have a faith-based relationship to make it work. So moving down to San Antonio about a year and a half ago, um, I came into my brother's business, and he is um, in mortgage here in San Antonio, and we added me in, and I do, I do business development. So it's sales and marketing. I get to go out and talk to people and find people who need our services. At the same time, though, we put the principle of giver's gain into place because I have all this training that I've done over the years, and it's like, and I know that I, I, I do a good job when I go and I speak to people. So we added a community business partnership piece to our business. So what I get to do is I get to go out to companies. I get to go out um, Chamber of Commerce, um, different organizations that are looking for a speaker on topics like to think is to create, topic of giver's gain, topic of discussing different behavioral styles and personalities from the basics to talk about how to make that work better in your organization and communication. And we do that as an amenity to our business. And what I tell people when I go out is this. This is the best part of my job because I get to go out and help people live their best life, to provide tools um, and awareness, insight to be able to live their best business life. And when they take that into their personal life and live their best life, we think that is a really good thing and we think that it will come back to us. That is our belief. And what I can tell you is in the last year, our business has been progressively getting better and better and better. And I, I know that I know that I know that it is from putting this principle, um, this operating principle into play. And then the other kind of fun piece that recently we did, um, I just launched a business table. So some of you are out there possibly looking for those great networking opportunities, where to go meet people. And I don't know about you, but I've spent the last year learning San Antonio and going to all these different events. And there's some really good ones out there. However, the majority of the time when I go out to these events, what I find is people that are looking to get. And, and, and putting that practice of giving to get in in place can create a very different result. So this business table is putting a group of 20 people together, and we are practicing creating abundance or you know, revenues for our business through contribution and accountability. So the whole idea behind it is we are going to give and play, giving to each other in, on that, um, in that group to be able to receive what we're looking for in the business. Not with a specific agenda in mind, but just belief in the concept and knowing that it works. And looking to create some you know, extraordinary results um, here in San Antonio for our group. So um, just in, in closing, I have to say, it's one of my absolute favorite principles, um, especially at this busy time of year. Um, and it's so funny because we launched this group last evening, and of course everybody had to bring teddy bears because I'm just used to collecting teddy bears in Las Vegas. So we're collecting teddy bears in San Antonio for the San Antonio Police Department because it's a good thing to do. Um, and it's practicing something you know, at a time of year when people are extraordinarily busy. Um, and usually their time, treasure, and talent is taken up. However, um, just knowing on the other side of this that it's feeding the community that I now live in, um, it's feeding the family that has been such a blessing to me and moving down here and embracing, um, and embracing me into to their life, and that I know that there is always good, um, there is always, always good at the other end of it. So, um, and I thank my brother immensely for just the opportunity, um, and I guess for being, you know, and, and to God for granting me the space to be able to hear him at that point in time to be able to put it into play. But I can absolutely tell you that even though life will deal you what life deals you, um, and it's not always been you know, lots of roses for me, what I can tell you is that um, the blessings have come back over the years in ways that I did not expect them, um, and I'm very grateful. 
very, very grateful. Ms. Dory? Yes. Uh, Tracy, thank you so much. And that was a great reminder that, you know, in tithing, it's your time, talents, and treasure. Because I think, you know, sometimes it, people think about giving that it is just a financial, you know, what, how much money are you going to put in the plate or, you know, what are you going to give financially to each of these things. And that's an excellent reminder that, you know, giving of your time and your talents is just as much about tithing as anything else. So um, thank you definitely for that reminder. Uh, Ms. Teresa, do you want to add anything to what Tracy talked about before we move on to our next guest? Well, um, I don't know that I really have anything to add other than can you see that Tracy is no different than any of the rest of us, and it just takes practice. So for those of you on the call that might be in the what I call yeah, but stage, yeah, but you don't know my life, yeah, but, well, you know, Tracy was talking about, hey, it started with $10 for her, and at the time that was a lot of money, and now as a result of her brother basically challenging her. What if Giver's Gain worked? She is in a place in her life where she has peace. I mean, Tracy, wouldn't you say that you have a lot of peace in your life now? Oh, my God, yeah. Now, my life used to be pretty crazy and chaotic for anybody that, that knows me at all. And I would say you know, the bigger piece of that is, yeah, I, it's all in alignment, and it becomes a place in, in how I operate on a daily basis. Uh, you know, there, there's that, that philosophy. We operate from one of two places, love and abundance or fear and scarcity, and can't have a foot in both rivers at the same time. So when I stay in that place of love, when I, when I give that, and when I, I, I give, and I guess the other piece too, I call it BOD, when I really practice benefit of the doubt, which is always operating from love in dealing with anybody, like if somebody's being ugly or not nice in that moment or being a taker, I, I look at it this way and I go, you know what? I don't know their story. I don't know what happened to them this morning. I don't know what they came, where they came from or how they were raised, and I am just going to wish them well. Um, I will, you know, for me, because I'm a God girl, I say, and I'm going to pray for them, um, and I wish them well in their experience, and I really practice I mean, and sometimes it's hard to not judge, um, but I really practice on wishing well because that's what I want back. And as a result of that, I do. Life is a lot calmer, easier to navigate, um, and, and there is a lot of peace. Excellent. Well, thank you again, Tracy. And we are going to move on to our second guest. And I'd like to welcome to the call this evening Mr. Ed Robles. Ed took the basic seminar in October of 2007 and finished his advanced courses in 2008. He's also Coach PLD. He's an international business development executive in the financial services industry. Ed is married and has a nine-year-old daughter, Enya. He is a certified NLP practitioner and coach, and I'm excited to hear how you've applied the Giver's Game philosophy to your life, and I'd like to welcome you to the call, Ed. Thank you very much, Dory. Um, wow, I'm just I, I'm listening and I'm just getting inspired and getting chills all over my arms. It's like it's starting all over again, and it's wonderful to hear these stories because there are so many people out there that are doing this type of giving without any type of expectations on returns. Um, I was just listening to uh, Tracy, and and I have a goal every day. One of my personal goals every day is to make at least ten people smile. And for me, that's what I give. And in return, I get so much more love and just excitement to know that there's people out there that just really do appreciate a smile every day. So that, that was uh, just brought that up for me right now. That's, that's my, my daily goal of uh, making people smile. But I really um, am grateful and um, humbled to be asked by Teresa, uh, a person that I love dearly and admire, um, to be on this call um, to talk a little bit about uh, Operation Project Hope. Um, and, and Hope, we, um, we gave it the definition of helping other people every day. And the way Project Hope started was uh, last year um, in January, I got a call from a principal, a friend of mine, in an um, elementary school for the LA Unified School District in South Central Los Angeles. Um, and she called and she says, I just got this new school. 
can you come and help us out, um, bring a group of people, and, and maybe help us paint it a little bit? Uh, the school was Smurf Blue, so you could imagine just the eyesore that it would stake out, and the kids coming every day it would make fun of the school. So I, I went down, and I looked at it, and I, 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 um, she asked me again, and I said, okay, fine, I'll do it. So I said, okay, I'm going to get a group of people um, to help out in making this school a little bit better than what it is today. So I put a group of people, I put a leadership group um, of people to work with me to come into the school and really just give it, our, our main focus was to give it some love and some care and really have the children feel that um, although they were in a very poor community, although they were uh, in a school that um, was short on teachers, was short on funds, was short on everything, that people really did care and really want to come and help. Um, so that's the way the, the project started. And once I got my group together, my team together, my vision started getting a little bit bigger. I found out that um, there was over 33 families that were homeless, and that's just the ones that reported it. There were more that had not reported it, that every child in that school qualified for a free lunch, that a lot of the children um, wore the same clothes throughout the entire week and um, washed them on the weekends and then put them back to, to go to school again. So it was very, um, I, to, to say that I was touched is, is very um, understated. Um, at that point, my vision just started getting bigger. I said, okay, we have to, we have to get the school painted. We have to get the, the gardens done. We have, to get, we have to collect clothes. We have to collect food. We have to get a, 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 a medical fair in here so they can get the kids checked up. And, and my team looked at me, and they said, that's a huge vision you have. I said, yes. And they said, okay, we're with you. At that point, we started executing. We got to the school. That school had affirmations on the wall. There's a video that I just posted on the on the um, PSI um, page um, that'll show a little bit more. But we were just bringing the love to the school. We had a wall dedicated to all the children that said "World Peace, one child at a time." The children that came to help out that day put their handprints on that wall with so many different colors which really was what it was all about it was the kids of the world i mean just coming together bringing the love to us we thought we were giving a gift but the gift was coming back to us right away that feeling of love we started out with um a goal of having a hundred volunteers we ended up with over 350 volunteers coming from <laughs> I get a little bit emotional here. Coming from over 10 counties in Southern California, we collected over $5,000 to buy these children food through the holiday seasons where they were not going to get any food at their schools. We collected about half a ton of clothes so we can give them away to the children and to the parents. We got health care providers from USC to come and give these children free checkups. So it was just a ton of immediate re repayment to everybody who was there. The, the people from the community came out and said, why are you here? You don't even know us. We don't have what, what you might want. And they didn't realize that the gift that they were giving us was an extreme amount of love. Um, the whole project was documented. And oh, one other thing, we also went into the teacher's lounge, and we cleaned that teacher's lounge. We painted it, put flowers in there. We cleaned the refrigerator. We just made it look spick and span. The teacher said, wow, we didn't know that anybody knew about us or really cared about us. So my, my point is that in the smallest way that, that you can give, the return is so huge. People talk about in business a return on investment. I mean, I felt like if I really did something bad because I was taking in so much more than I was giving. And this is the gift that keeps giving. Every day, if not a couple times a day, I hear people, people call me, people send me emails, people ask me, when is it going to happen again? When are you going to do it again? When are you going to do it again? And for the longest time, for about three months, I said, no, I'm going to turn it over to somebody else, let them start in another city. Well, I gave in. 
we are starting the planning process again. And we are going to find another city and we're going to we're going to um, bring in 500 volunteers this time. We're going to increase it. We're going to do so much more just because the need is so great. And there's so many people, so many people that just need to feel the love. There's so many great people out there. So when we talk about giver's gain, I mean, oh, we gave a little. And me, I am receiving so much on a daily basis. I still have so many people coming to me and telling me about this. This The video is on, on, on YouTube, and it's been going around, and the messages I get just incredible. And it's just a little bit of giving, and we get so much in return. So this, this practice, this principle is so, so true. Um, and I mean, there, it, it, we, we have just started getting recognitions from, from local politicians. We got recognized in the front of the Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors. We got recognized by the mayor of Los Angeles, state senator in California, the U.S. Senator Diane Feinstein, the Secretary of Education, and we're still waiting on other recognitions to come in. So, I mean, this is just has been incredible, and that's not why we did it, to get those recognitions. We did it because there was a community in a school that needed support. They needed to feel that they were, that they mattered, and we went, provided that love and that care, and it's just coming back to us a uh, hundredfold, a thousandfold. I'm not even sure. I can't even measure it anymore. But my love tank has not been emptied since that project, and it continues to overflow, and I am just so fortunate that I'm able to share that with so many people that I meet. Um, and all this because like-minded people wanted to make a difference in the world, and we did. So That's fantastic. thank you for letting me share that. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And I think, you know, what's perfect about that story is, uh, Teresa, I know that in many of our size cities we have uh, Giving Day and, and different um, holiday events that are being put together. And I don't know if you have a second to maybe talk about that before we go to some questions from the callers, but I'd love for you just to share a little bit with um, the callers uh, on the line about Giving Day. I sure will. And before I even do that, Dory, I'd like to say that to all the people on the call that Ed had a goal and a dream. So what one person can do to make a difference, look, what started out as one person, and then he asked for support for people around him, and then boom, look what happened. So if you're wondering how you can make a difference, believe me, your time, talent, and treasure is well is well needed and you deserve to practice giver's gain because of what will come back to you because when i said to ed when i was talking to him about being on this call i said so ed what would you say that you gained as a result of doing this project and he said what are you talking about love teresa i gained love and so that's what occurs it is so much more love in your own life so if you're not feeling much love out there, practice giving, practice giving. And one of the ways, like Dory said, that you can practice giving is in some of our Psy cities, we have what's called Giving Day. And in Las Vegas and Phoenix, it is taking place, and I believe also in Denver, it is taking place on December the 17th. And basically, every city does it a little different, however, what we do is we go into a school and we provide the children with what we call a want and a need. And this year in Las Vegas, which is where I live and where I'm participating with Giving Day this year, we are contributing to 1,000 children and we are providing a carnival with all kinds of games and prizes. And they're also going to receive food, we hope, depending on the donations, that will provide them with enough food for them and their families over the two-week Christmas break. We also want to provide a hooded sweatshirt, and we um, provide each child with a teddy bear, and they get their picture taken with Santa. And you would really be surprised. Like a lot of these children think the bear is just a prop. And it will break your heart because they will put the bear back down. And when we tell them that they get to keep it, that just makes their day. 
We have given children in the past a new pair of shoes, and they have put the shoes on. We've measured them, and they fit good, and then they take them off and put their old shoes back on and leave the new shoes behind. Like they don't understand that someone is giving them a pair of shoes. So if you're out there and you live in any of these size cities, because I know that Hawaii always does something for Giving Day. I know the Bay Area does a lot of toy drives for different organizations. Get yourself involved, like Tracy and I and Ed have been talking about. Practice giver's gain. Use your time, talent, and treasure. And then uh, what I would do, though, is, is that I would challenge you to give of yourself over the next 30 days where it's uncomfortable and see what comes back to you. All right, excellent. And I also want to bring up, I'm, I noticed that uh, Jackie Mulgrew is on with us tonight, and I know that they've got a giving day that they're putting together, I believe, in uh, – Massachusetts or in, on the Boston East Coast area. Somewhere. It would so, be the Boston area. Yeah, exactly. So let's you know make sure that even if you don't happen to live in a size city, there's all kinds of things you know during the holidays that are going on in various communities you know across the country. And so those opportunities to give of yourself and you know your time and whatever you can to these efforts. Um, this this is definitely the season for that. So even if you're not in a size city. Look for something in your area. And we're going to go ahead and take some calls. So what I'd like to do is if you'd like to ask a question of someone that's been on the call tonight, if you'll press number one on your phone, then we will bring you into the call to actually ask your question live. And in the meantime, we do have a couple of questions that were uh, posed during the registration process, and I'd like to throw those out to, to you all as well if you have a moment to answer those. So the first question comes from Steve. And the question is, is a willingness to receive a form of giving by allowing others to experience the joy of giving? So, Teresa, I don't know if you... I'll be glad to answer that. Okay, that'd be great. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Steve, I would say that you're right on the mark. Like, when you allow someone to give to you, you are letting them truly experience giving. Because a lot of people out in the world would love to practice giving, yet sometimes we don't allow ourselves to be given to. Because we think, or we have some thought processes that don't support allowing people to give to us. So I would say that definitely receiving is a form of giving, absolutely, without a doubt. Excellent. So once again, if you have a question that you'd like to ask this evening, just press the number one on your phone, and I'll bring you into the call. And we have another question that was asked in the registration process, and it is, how does one not fall into the trap of focusing so much on giving to others and of themselves that they lose sight of giving and replenishing themselves first. Um, I'll I'll take that one, um, Dory. It's Tracy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know that that's a really great question because it's so easy to to get into that trap where you, where you give and you give and you give and then all of a sudden you find yourself sick or you self, find yourself depleted. Um, or um, and you just don't have anything left. There's a saying that says you have to remember to um, fill your, your cup up first and then give from the overflow. So it's important to make sure to give to self so that we, we have that energy that keeps moving forward. If, if we give to ourselves, it, it'll come back again and we'll have even more to give to others. However, if we forget to take that time, you know, there's a price not only that we will pay, but everybody else that we, you know, have in that giving mode of things. Um, it's very easy to get um, overcommitted and not be able to deliver. So it's it's really having the mindset of being able to recognize and know that balance is very very important, and that when we overgive to the tune of making, of uh, causing ourselves to possibly become ill, we actually end up taking from ourselves. So it's there's a delicate balance. However, the biggest part of that is to be aware so that we can um, learn to master that. Excellent. That's a great perspective on that uh, question there. 
Tracy, thank you so much. And it looks like we have Rebecca on the line tonight. Uh, let me, Rebecca, let me get you on a microphone there. So, Rebecca, are you with us this evening? Rebecca? Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I can yes. hear you. Oh, hi, this is Rebecca Allen. Hi, Rebecca, welcome to the call. And what's your question tonight? Well, I actually have been enjoying this very much, and I don't have a specific question other than it's a constant uh, it's a constant effort for everyone to stay balanced and keep serenity. If you lose serenity, then you're off balance, and you can't really you can't really serve well. So I don't really have a question. I've just enjoyed this very 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 much. Excellent. Well, we are so glad you joined us this evening, and I think we've got one more question we can take here. Thank you again, Rebecca, for being on the call tonight. Okay, so um, Tracy, I think this is maybe a good question for you, you know, after hearing some of, uh, you know, what you shared this evening, and it's a pretty long one, so just bear with me on this. Um, so we have a, a call or a, a, a questioner here, Kristen, who's saying, "This is showing up in my life at the perfect time." Okay, I'm noticing the effects of certain people who, for instance, charge a lot for their time or services, but in turn are totally cheap or misery. You know, like they underpay and they don't give um, of other others the same respect uh, in a value of someone else's knowledge, expertise expertise or time. So how can these people attract money the way they seem to, or better, better yet, how can they increase their own ability to attract more money and come from a giving place rather than a seemingly selfish place? So I think what, you know, her question is that she's noticing how, you know, maybe some people, um, oh, let, let, let me read this out here again. <laughs> I'm noticing the effects of certain people who, for instance, you know, charge a lot for their time and services, but in turn are totally cheap or misery. And they don't, you know, acknowledge uh, other people's expertise or time. Uh, how can these people attract money the way they seem to? Or better yet, how can they increase their own ability to attract more money and come from a giving place rather than seemingly selfish place? Wow, that is a loaded question, Dory. <laughs> that is a loaded question. However, it's kind of funny because um, I, I had a little bit of experience with that earlier today talking to somebody, and I think there's, there's a piece in there that seems to speak to me, um, and that is seem to. Um, so on the surface, you know, on the surface they, they are charging one thing, and they, you know, what, what is it that they seem to be attracting? You know, again, I, I always go to that place of I don't really know all the ins and outs of this. However, this would be, this, this, is, this is my feeling, I guess, about it. Um, if you if you practice being miserly or you, you practice being a person that's holding on, um, in some way, shape, or form, it's going to fall out of alignment in, in in some way because it just it's it's not it's it's not in alignment. You you can't run this one way over here and have an expectation of it to be this way over here. It may initially, however, somewhere along the line, I would venture to say that it, it it's going to fall out. It's kind of like when you when you hold your hand and you and your hand is open. You have the ability to have things come and things to go. Um, and when you hold tight to something, like when you take your hand and you clench your fist up, um, nothing can, can get out, but nothing can get in either. So really the way that the law works is, is that the that hand has to be open to be able to, to receive um, and to, to give at the same time. Um, and there's something, um, and, and I know it was through Sci Seminar, it's called um, Being a Person of Increase which is that you leave every place that you go a little bit better than you found it, whether that be monetarily, whether that be a spirit, whether that be a gesture of um, a compassion or a gesture of just being you know, nice to possibly to the clerk in the checkout line so that the people behind you can see, you know, see that things could be different, so being a person of increase. Um, and I would venture to say that those people, if that's truly the way, they're oper the way that they're operating right now, Something's not going to work, and again, that seems to piece. Um, not everything is necessarily as it seems to be, and um, so part of it is the awareness. They may not be aware of the concept of giver skin. They may not understand how that really works to be able to embrace it and possibly see um, really different results in their life. So my suggestion would be um, 
you know, practicing that benefit of the doubt as always. And if it isn't personally in alignment for you, um, all you can do is do for you and, and be who you are. So perhaps, you know, if you want peace and love, as Teresa said, you may have to shift whom you're speaking with or whom you're doing business with to be able to create that for yourself. Well, I think you did a great job of answering that loaded question. <laughs> like, wow, thanks, Tori. <laughs> so thank you so much. And Teresa, do you have any closing remarks that you'd like to add this evening? Nothing other than I would just ask everyone to take on the challenge of giving and practice giver's gain and just see what comes back to you. Excellent. Oh, I love that. And this has been a phenomenal call. I want to thank Tracy and Ed for being on the call with us tonight and for their contribution, and Ms. Teresa for your time and commitment to this call. I really appreciate what you've given us, and this has definitely been a gift from the three of you this evening. Thank you. And in closing, if you are a guest who would like additional information about size seminars or to keep in touch with what is happening in your city, please go to www.psiseminars.com. And also, we'd really love to get people in the conversation and ad address your questions and, and start a conversation and talk on Facebook. So if you are not a fan of ours already, please go to facebook.com forward slash seminars to become a fan. And our next call is planned for December 13th, so keep watching for an email. And I thank you very much for your time and joining us this evening. And I wish you all a great evening and a happy Thanksgiving holiday right around the corner. And thank you again to the three of you for being on the call tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Dory. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Dory. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.